and welcome to The Mock Review with Ben and Drew. I'm Ben Garmo. And I'm Drew Evans. Well, Drew, it is the most interesting time of the year. We are on the microphones to talk about week one of orcs. We've got six of our eight orcs that have results. By the time y'all are hearing this, we may have those other two orcs in as well, but we are recording this the week after the first six orcs uh, were held. So we, at the time we're speaking, don't know the results of those last two, but we've got the results of those first six. We've got a lot of really fascinating things to talk about, some top 10 teams that didn't get through, some less than top 10 teams, including one from a little farther north of me that I'm guessing Drew has some thoughts about that got through. We've got some fascinating results, some really interesting orcs to break down, and we're going to dive into that in just a moment. Drew, I know we'll get to have Haverford's bid in, in a little while, but just generally, uh, how are you doing? How are you feeling about uh, the season as we start to wind towards the end? Well, I mean, I think we said it in our week four regionals episode, but this is just some of the most exciting times that exist in mock trial to me. I think that as awful as orcs is in just in terms of the stress that goes into it, I think that that weekend, it just there are very few people that go into that weekend without, uh, you know, just feeling terrible. Um, And I get that. But I think that there is really nothing that compares to the feeling of getting your name called. Um, and so I'm, I'm just elated for all of the teams that are moving forward. And I really do think, you know, we'll, we'll talk about a few of them, but this year, uh, continues to show that it does not matter if you are the preseason who everyone thinks is number one, you still got to work to make your way through orcs and it's still hard and there are no guarantees and everyone should be excited if they're moving on. Um, and also just that there are a lot of teams that aren't moving on that I just, my heart goes out to. I mean, it is just so heartbreaking to come so close and not make it. Um, but that's, that is the, 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 the beast that we are in right now, I guess. Um, I know that, you know, there probably are people that are listening to this that either are just, I don't know if we're going to have it out before the last weekend of it and we'll be getting the new case yet, but obviously we will do um, a whole review of that and, and getting the nationals case, I think is another like very exciting time. But I think that this, this week and a half or so that we have right here is just, it's crazy fun and it's crazy awful, but here we are. Yeah, no, it's funny. Like we're recording this, you know, during March Madness and really it is Amta March Madness as well. It really is. Like it's just, you know, heartbreak for some teams, elation for other. You're just others. You're just trying to survive in advance. Like, you know, the comparison, the analogies is very on brand. Uh, And I think that for a lot of teams, they're excited to be going to Memphis. For a lot of other teams, they really wish that they were headed there. And I think, Drew, whenever you're ready, you should take us to Arlington so we can start to discuss our first set of results. All right, I will do just that. So in Arlington, we had, just like all of the other orcs, six bids, starting with Baylor A with seven wins and a CS of 15 and a half. Then we had Tufts A with six wins and a 21 CS. Then Arkansas A with six wins and a 17 and a half CS. And we got to go to OCS here, a 65 OCS. Then we had Rhodes A with six wins, a 17 and a half CS, and just a 57 OCS. So clearly Arkansas A is tremendously better than Rhodes. Uh, then we had in our fifth bid out Emory A with six wins and a 14 and a half CS. And finally, UT Austin A with five and a half wins and a 13 and a half CS. Um, just as a disclaimer for all, uh, you know, we, we actually had to discuss who, how we're going to do honorable mentions, but honorable mentions at Orcs work where it is anyone that had 
the the same record as the last team. So there were no other five and a half win teams. So there are no honorable mentions at this works. Um, there were a number of five win teams and that were obviously very, very close. But, um, you know, we, we leave it at five and a half here in Arlington. Um, just to note a couple of quick things right off the bat, the A group teams that did not make it here were Florida State A and South Carolina A. I, you know, we'll probably talk about them in a second, but I think that both are definitely very strong programs. I personally feel like Florida State has been kind of dropping off a little bit. Uh, they had to get an open bid in order to even get here. But South Carolina not making it is definitely surprising. Um, they were really, really strong and have looked fantastic. Um, I was definitely surprised to not see them make it out. Uh, I think that their B team is still competing this weekend in Greenville. So they kind of are keeping hope alive with that B team. But definitely a tough loss for them. Um, and I'll also say there were no C or D teams that made it through here. Our only B group teams were Baylor and Arkansas. Um, they were respectively B6 and B5. But other than that, I mean, this was about as, you know, chalk as it gets to me. Um, you know, Tufts, Rhodes, Emory, uh, you know, Texas just got done, you know, destroying regionals. I feel like those are the A group teams that were really locked in. I mean, they, they, are really a top heavy orcs in my opinion. And I'm not terribly surprised by any of these results. Um, one other thing that I'm going to try to be kind of tracking for us as we go are CSs. And I wanted to just kind of shout this out. Tufts A went six and two with a 21 CS. Not only are CSs over 20 extremely rare at orcs based on the pairing process, but to go six and two with that record is really, really impressive. So my hat is off to that Tufts A team. I mean, Tufts is always really, really good, so it's not like it's that surprising. But I mean, just a crazy impressive showing out of them. And I'll note that those two losses, those, you know, awful blemishes on their record were in round three and four. They had a plus six minus two against Emory. Obviously, Emory A, pretty damn good. They also made it through. And then their round four was against Baylor. And that was Baylor's only loss. Baylor eventually would go on to win and went seven and one. But the record that round was a plus 23 minus two for Tufts. So if you're Tufts, I think you're you're looking pretty fondly on that six and two record for sure. Um there obviously were a bunch of teams here uh, that, that were excellent and, and didn't make it. And again, as we are not going to have time to go through all of them, but you know, my heart definitely goes out to them. But Ben, I'll, I'll kind of toss it to you just in case there's anything else that's caught your eye. Honestly, Drew, I'm a little disappointed in you that you didn't spend more time congratulating yourself for Arkansas making it to nationals. You know, I felt like I'd already done that. You know, <laughs> we, we know I'm always right. Like, <laughs> no, I, I just and I'm joking as well. But I, I definitely that jumped off the page as soon as I saw it. That was a team that you highlighted months ago at this point and really said you had your eye on that program. So that definitely stood out to me. You've mostly covered what I noticed. Totally agree with you about Tufts. I think both Tufts and Baylor are teams that I really have my eye on as teams that could make some noise at nationals. I'll note since these are interesting things to track. The presence of Rhodes A getting a bid means that barring anything weird with the CIC or anything like that, we will not have any open bids at Nationals. Had Rhodes, for some weird reason, not gotten a bid, either their A or B, B team, they could have taken advantage of the World Cup bid since they're hosting Nationals this year. But 
because obviously they got an earn bid. That's not going to be the case. So barring anything else, strange should have 48 teams at nationals. Uh, you pretty much covered it here. You know, Florida State and South Carolina are interesting cases. South Carolina is a team I would have expected to get through. I know they've had some tough luck at Orcs here and there. I traded text messages with with Chance, their their coach, who's a, a great friend of the pod, after he found out that we weren't getting through and I found out that they weren't getting through. Um, and, and I know that's tough. They play such a great style, such a really unique style. And I think... Sometimes that doesn't go there in their favor, but but, you know, they had some odd splits. I think they ended up splitting every round, if I recall correctly. So tough result for them. Um, But other than that, I mean, these are just all teams that I think are very, very good that did well. Um, You know, shout out to Dillard, who had such a great season last year, came here and got five wins, had a couple of really good B teams at five wins. So not a whole lot else that stood out to me here, Drew. I don't know if there's anything else that caught your attention before we move on. Well, I think that I'm, I'm glad you mentioned some of the B teams that went that went five and three. We had both the UT Austin team as well as the Emory team going five and three. Um, I think that that you know just shows that program depth. And now that I'm at uh, Tulane and have been you know I, I, I'm hesitant to say doing too much with them because I just got very bogged down with my own Tyla stuff to to help them as much as I wished I could have during. Uh, this semester, but um, obviously being right nearby Dillard, we have been working with them a lot and do scrimmages with them often. So they're wonderful people over there. And I was glad to see them do so well, sad to see them miss out on returning back to nationals. But I definitely think that they've proven by going five wins with a solid CS that they really, that they did belong there last year, that they do belong as a team to be in that conversation and that they really are a strong program. Um, the one thing I wanted to mention before you move us on, though, Ben, is UT Dallas. I think that um, Texas Dallas is a program that, like, very, like, that you kind of see them on tab results all over the country in the invitational season because they will fly all over the country to compete and you'll kind of randomly see them sprinkled into a, you know, a random tab summary in Connecticut or something like that, um, which I always find interesting. But um, they were so close to getting out. I mean, when you think about what happened, I mean, they had a uh, five wins with a 17 CS, but their five wins came from four wins and two ties. And those were a tie in round three and a tie in round four that were both, you know, a, you know, basically a one and a half victory for them. And if either of those ties turn into a win, they go to five and a half and they would have had a, a higher CS than the UT Austin team that made it out. So you know that that kind of Texas, Texas rivalry has got to be there. Um, and Dallas is just so, so close. I mean, literally one point away on a round that they won the other ballot by either six or nine. You just, you know how close those must have been um, and how heartbreaking that would be for them. Um, but I, I gotta say, I think that that's, you know, the gist of what I'm seeing here. Um, I think that Ben, if you want to go ahead and move us on, I think that should be good. Yeah. That, and that's a really good point to wrap up this orcs on is I, I know, I mean, we're going to get to St. Paul and my team fell just short and I know how tough it is to be like right there on the edge and especially against your in-state rivals and to know one more point and you send them home and you go on. So I, I really feel for UT Dallas. That's a really, really awesome accomplishment for them. I hope that they feel proud of of what they were able to do this season, even if you know they're frustrated with the final result. So speaking of frustrated with the final result, we've got a very interesting set of results here in Geneva. So let's go ahead and go there. Our six bids in order were Michigan A, seven wins and an 18 CS, Wash U St. Louis A, seven wins and a 17 and a half CS, 
Notre Dame A, seven wins and a 17 CS. Northwestern A, six and a half wins and a 15 CS. And then we have a log jam at six wins here. So we've got six uh, Hillsdale B, six wins and a 17 CS is our fifth bid. And then Hillsdale A, six wins and a 14 CS is our sixth bid. They are one CS point ahead of our first honorable mention, Vanderbilt A, six wins and a 13 CS. And then Illinois A, six wins and a 12 and a half CS. Our A group teams that did not get through here were Miami A, Miami of Ohio A, who was A2, and Wheaton A, who was A5. So uh, just a, a lot of, of sort of mess to break down here. Um, to win six, to get six wins at Orcs and not get to Nationals is just so tough. And for it to happen to two different teams, look, you can kind of, if you look at the tab summary, you can kind of tell how it happened. Like of those six win teams, nobody had a CS above 17. Nobody of any of the advancing or honorable mentions had a CS above 18. So I think you had a lot of teams who managed to kind of avoid each other or managed to just handle their business in their B, C, and D groups or for Hillsdale B, their, their other groups and and managed to get to that six win threshold. You didn't have anyone from the lower groups aside from Hillsdale really like pulling people down. Um, but I really feel for Vanderbilt and I really feel for Illinois to go six and two, you know, or to get six wins at Orcs uh, and knock it through is really tough. Um, and then, you know, I mentioned Miami, but obviously look anytime that Miami A is not going to be going through to Orcs. Um, and I don't know off the top of my head if Miami B is anywhere else, if they're going to be next week or anything like nope. that. No. Okay. So yeah, no Miami at Orcs. I mean, that's, that's a shocker. Um, you know, I, I'm sort of realizing this just right now. Ends that, the streak. Well, ends the streak, but also, right, if, if, if you don't count Yale in the mix, our last three national champions did not earn bids to nationals this weekend. If you count Miami all the way back and then us and then Harvard, like, and we'll get to Harvard and us, obviously, but like, I mean, Ben, to that point, since two, all I, I was actually talking with Sam Jahinger, and um, he told me that since 2018, we don't have a national champion who has won it since 2018, who will be at nationals this year. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, mean, that's, that's crazy. That's going to be wide open. It's yeah, it's going to be real wide open. So it's going to be really interesting. Um, Drew, I kind of went through a few things here, but what else did you pick up here in uh, Geneva? All right, so let's just start with the fact that Hillsdale, I mean, I think that people have been talking about them as, oh, like they're really good this year. But wow, I mean, getting both teams through at such a difficult orcs here, you know, we talked about that log jam at six wins, but I mean, it is just really impressive that they got both of their teams out. That is just an astounding performance out of their program. So really excited for them and excited to see what they can do. I'll also, you know, you mentioned Miami not making out the streak ending, um, you know, for those that don't know what I'm referring to, Miami had the longest active streak of making it to nationals before then. Um, and this, you know, ends that streak. I honestly don't know who holds it now. But, um, you know, obviously, they're just such a strong program. Usually to see them not make it is very surprising. Um, I think that the way that they didn't make it is kind of kind of extra interesting to me. So their round one was against uh, Dayton. 
And I'm 90% sure that that that's, that's yeah, a group versus D group round and Dayton took both. And you got to know that that's, I mean, that's going to be jarring for them, for Miami to have dropped both to their D group team. They go into their second round, they take both. And then in round three and four, they have both Northwestern A and Northwestern B. And they take one ballot between those two rounds and three wins is just not going to do it. Um, you know, I I would never say to sleep on them. They're just they tend to do so so well that it is really shocking to see them here. But um, I gotta say, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm intrigued to see what they're able to put together next year because this is not the usual performance that we would expect to see out of Miami. Um, but some teams to highlight on the on the other side of this, obviously Northwestern um, taking both against them is very, very solid. Northwestern looks great. I'm really excited to see what they're able to do. Um, Michigan, I think that we also highlighted a lot throughout the invitational season. Them getting the first bid out, I think, is very unsurprising. Um, seven wins with an 18 CS is very impressive, but they've just really looked good and stomped through that field um, very impressively. The only loss that they had was to another 7-1 team, and that's Notre Dame A, who also looks excellent, and I'm excited to see what they're going to be doing. Um, you know, We've talked a lot about how they, they have a lot of members in our Discord, and it's always good to hear from uh, their coach, Henry Lehman, um, but uh, definitely really happy for them. And then the last team that made it out that I haven't mentioned yet is Wash U St. Louis, who I think really proved that that regional result where they went just five and a half wins and there were kind of some questions, they really came out and said, you know what, like we're here to stay. We belong at, at nationals and this is what we're about. And they proved it. I mean, they had a great seven and one showing as well. Um, I think that, you know, the, the Vanderbilt and Illinois not making it out at six and two, uh, it's really, really tough. And I'm glad that you kind of explained Ben, some of the, you know, it's really the product of when you win your B, C, and D group, but you lose your A. And when that happens to a lot of teams, you know, we get this log jam at six. And it's it is tough. I mean, I don't know what the best solution is to avoid that in the future. Um, it it definitely, you know, your heart goes out to them because I, I do feel bad. But on the other hand, you know, a 13 CS, a 12 and a half CS, like those are those are low enough to where I I do sort of think like I wish that they had gotten to go against some of the better teams there and I wish they could have gone against more of the teams that actually got a bit out. Um, it it's just it's definitely tough. I mean, the other side of it is that they can't change who they face. You know, it's not their fault that they didn't get to face those teams. I mean, I don't know. There's no real perfect solution, but. At the end of the day, you know, they had their shot. They faced that A group team. And sometimes you've got to find a way to get a tie or a ballot out of it. Um, if you if, if the rest of your rounds aren't going to be as against as tough opponents. But um, I don't know. I just I feel bad for those teams for sure. But it's it's tough. I mean, orc sucks. It is really, really <laughs> difficult. Um, one thing I'll just note before I pass it back to you, though, Ben, um, there were no five win teams here, which just that kind of is to my point about that log jam at six. Um, I think that whether it's a log jam at five, log jam at six, like the point kind of remains the same that you, you got to kind of have something that's differentiating you. And if, if you're just beating all of the bad teams and not able to take anything off of the good teams, that's, you know, that that's where we're going to end up. And so it, it's tough for sure. But I, I do think it's kind of interesting that 
there kind of tends to be a log jam at some number at most of these tournaments, whether it's six or five. But here in Geneva, clearly it was at six. Yeah, I think that that you mostly covered it. I want to make two more notes before we move forward. So the first one, you know, and I don't want to belabor the point on Miami because they're such a great program. I'm sure they'll be back with a vengeance next year. But you mentioned Dayton. So that was the team that, that got both against Miami by comfortable margins in round one was the Dayton B team who was added to this orcs about five days beforehand. Um, and so just a really surprising result there. And then the only other thing that I'll note, you know, I mean, so so Vanderbilt's path, I, you know, I, I feel for them. But like you said, they, they weren't able to get ballots in, in the um, in the A group or, or in their round three. Illinois goes six and oh, and then drops a minus one, minus seven to wash you. And, and that's it. And they had sort of the misfortune of those six and oh being against teams that just really didn't didn't do anything. And so, like, you know, yeah, obviously the best the solution would be if that plus or that minus one turns into a tie, they have six and a half, they're through. But man, having been through orcs, right? Mm-hmm. I've been through orcs and I've been through orcs where I felt pretty decent about our position after round three. Just imagining the head games of being six and oh after round three and then somehow not getting through. Yeah, that's just rough. I really feel for them. I, you know, Illinois is a great program. Like I said, we hit their B team at Orcs last year. And so that's a it's a tough break for them um, just to kind of end up with the path that they have. Um, But yeah, Drew, I I don't really have anything else here. So if you don't have anything else, I think you can take us to New Rochelle. All righty. Well, let's go on to New York and New Rochelle. And our first bid out was NYU B with seven wins and a 13 CS. Then we had Fordham Rose Hill with seven wins and an 11 CS. Then we had Harvard B with seven wins and a 10 and a half CS. And I'll note that as just an asterisk that was Harvard B, not their A team. Um, then we had the fourth bid was Maryland College Park A with six wins and a 15 CS. Then Brown A with six wins and a 15 CS. Then Tufts B with six wins and a 13 and a half CS. And just like Geneva, six wins was that log jam. We had one honorable mention, Princeton A with six wins, not making it out with a 10 and a half CS. Um, just to note, there were four teams in the A group that did not make it out. Starting with our defending national champs, Harvard A, then Dickinson A, Wesleyan A, and Yale B. Um, look, I think that the story of this orcs just has to be that Harvard A didn't make it out. Um, I, I, I am still at a loss for words for how that happened. They swept their first round and then they just split the rest of the way through. I, you know. My hat is off to those teams that are taking ballots off of them. There's a reason that Harvard team is the defending national champs and they are returning uh, pretty much everyone. I mean, that's just crazy to me. Um, But, you know, hats off to their B team to getting it done. Their B team is the only D group team that uh, we've actually had uh, so far make it out. And they were at D1. But I mean, look, anytime a D group team is making it out, I think that is worth noting. Um, I'll also just mention really quickly that it is very impressive to me that NYUB, not their A team, made it out. Um, their A team was at five and a half wins, um, so that you know wasn't just barely wasn't enough. They, to be fair, were five and a half wins with a nineteen CS, so they had a very impressive showing themselves. But um, you know their B team kind of stepped up and got it done for them. So uh, definitely kind of an interesting result there. Um, and I, I, you know, while I'm talking about NYU, actually, I'll just 
it's interesting to me, their A and B teams have such a close TPR. Um, they're very, very like, they just tend to kind of have very similar results at works. Um, and for the last few years, neither of them have been moving on. They've just kind of both been getting five wins, four wins, what have you. And so they resulted in them being like, I think it was B1 and B3 were their two teams. Um, so just kind of showing just how close together and, and how deep that program really is. Um, I think the other big surprise here, though, is Fordham Rose Hill um, coming in at B6. But, uh, you know, I think that Rose Hill, to my knowledge, hasn't made nationals in in any recent history. Um, they're, you know, pretty usually make it to uh, to orcs and usually do fairly well there, but never kind of emerging into this. So I'm excited for them to see how they do kind of the uh, uh, the rivalry between them and Lincoln Center, you got to imagine, is there. Um and, you know, I think that Brown A and, and College Park, you know, both really solid A teams that I think a lot of people were expecting to do very well. They both had excellent, excellent seasons. And, you know, rounding it out, you got Tufts B. You know, we just talked about how good their A team is. I, I think that Tufts is one of those really deep programs that often has a B team that is good enough to make it through. I mean, they were the A3 team here. Like, they're that good that even their B team is a, a high A group team. Um, obviously, there's a lot to talk about with some of these teams that didn't make it. Um, Hart goes out to Princeton, getting six wins, just like we kind of discussed with Illinois and Vanderbilt. But Ben, I'll toss it to you for for some of your other notes. Yeah, I think the theme of this uh, orcs for me for a couple of these bids, and, and this is how all orcs are, but I noticed it with this one, is just how much one point can change things. So if you look, so okay, so if you look at the bids, right? Fordham Rose Hill was the second bid out at seven wins very impressive showing not taking a single thing away from them right their round four they played um wesleyan and rose hill went plus one plus one right so if that turns into and their cs was pretty low if that turns into tie tie um like i don't think they get through because they'll be at they'd be at six at that point and i think their cs would have been lower than uh tough like may they might they might have still been ahead of princeton but it would have been really dicey and if that turns into minus one tie or whatever you know then it's different similarly for nyu and for maryland so maryland gets in there the fourth bid you know seems comfortable they got six wins on a plus two and tie over nyu a in round four if that becomes a plus two minus one those two teams swap places um because maryland would be at five and a half and nyu would be at six um that's not to take a single thing away from Maryland. We scrimmaged them last weekend. They are fantastic. They're going to make some serious noise at nationals. I think they're an excellent team that are very well coached, but it just goes to show you sometimes you get to or to nationals or you don't get to nationals just on the narrowest of margins. Mm-hmm. And just that is the nature of how orcs goes. And, and there's really nothing that, that we can do about it. Um, I think the points you highlighted about NYU are really valid. Good to see them back at nationals. Totally agree with you about Rose Hill. They're a program that we hit relatively frequently and they're always strong, but haven't made a ton of noise at nationals. Um, if I were to note a team that I kind of have my eye on going into nationals, um, it would probably be Brown. I think Brown has had a very, very strong year. Um, and I know that their their B team had, had a tough weekend, but you know, it, <sighs> I, I I hate to highlight an 0 and 8, but they had an 0 and 8, and every single loss was by single digits. Like like their 0 and 8 with PD of 36 is just kind of wacky for their B team, and then for their A team, you know their their only losses they they had a a plus four minus one against NYU A, and then a plus three minus nine uh, 
against 1254, which is Tufts, uh, Tufts B. So like Brown, you know, took care of business in rounds one and two and, and was able to get through. And I think they're having a very strong year. Um, my heart also goes out to Princeton, just like I said before, getting six wins, not getting through to nationals is really tough. Um, you know, the last thing I'll say, Drew, you know, you went through the teams that from the A group that, that didn't get through. And, and, you know, we've got Harvard, Dickinson, Wesleyan and Yale B. Um, I, I'm not really sure what else to say about Harvard A not getting through. They're such a good team, such an elite group of people who had so much success this year and obviously last year and something just didn't you know because it wasn't like so so in in round two they played um i think you've kind of already yeah they played umass amherst and it was a plus seven minus one for umass amherst so it wasn't like it was this incredibly wacky split or something similarly in round four you know 1531 is yukon and it's a you know, a, a minus nine plus four for Harvard. So it's not like their results were kind of wacky all over the map where it might be a a judging thing. So I don't really know what to make of that. I don't know what to expect with Harvard at nationals. I know nothing about their program and whether we'll see some of those returning national champions competing for them at nationals. But, you know, definitely the shock of the weekend to see your number one team in the country, your A1 you're defending national champions not getting through. Yeah, I think the the last thing I just want to mention here is that it's interesting. I think that a lot of the time people talk about, you know, the difficulty of an orcs often being about its B group or, you know, kind of the depth of it. And I just wanted to note, it's kind of interesting to me here that I think by all accounts, the B group did tremendously better than the A group here at New Rochelle. Um, you know, when you look just at the six bids, we have three from the B group, two from the A, and then one from D. And then, you know, Princeton getting six wins, they were in the C group. But, you know, MIUA was, uh, you know, five and a half wins. They were another A group team. Um, and, you know, when you look at some of the A group teams that didn't make it, and, you know, I should just say, like, Harvard, Dickinson, Wesleyan, and Yale are all wonderful programs. I, I'm, you know, Harvard obviously will still be represented there, and Yale uh, A still has has yet to go. But I adore the people at Wesleyan, and you know Dickinson is our our neighbors in in Pennsylvania. Um, I have nothing but love for them. But I got to say that like those you know those programs just did not have the weekends that I think anyone was expecting them to do. Dickinson went four and four. Wesleyan went two five and one. Yale went one and seven. I mean, it's their B team, but still, I mean, they had a tough, they had a hard CS. I should say they had a twenty one CS, but you know, I think that most people would have expected better. Um, just comparing that to the B group, they've got three teams bidding out. You know, another team at five and a half. Uh, they just the B group here outperformed the A group. There's no other way to say it. And I think that it's just kind of interesting to note that and to kind of see, uh, you know, just the kind of the dynamic between those two. Um, the only other thing I wanted to quickly mention was just, to me, a reminder of why, you know, open bids uh, from regionals are kind of so important. Rutgers, um, and I, I mentioned, I, I adore Rutgers. I mean, Rutgers is one of those teams that's right in between Ben and I, I think. Um, and so we see them all the time. But Rutgers um, barely made it through regionals. I mean, kind of hair of their, uh, you know, whatever. Barely made it through regionals. And then went five and three at Oryx and was really right on the cusp there. I mean, um, I just, I, to me, like, I, I want to shout them out is like, you know, going from an open bid to getting that close, I just to me is really 
important to note. And and I was excited for them to see how close they'd gotten to it um, after having kind of a tough go of it at regionals. And just, you know, I think it's always cool to see teams kind of bounce back like that. So that was very exciting. But I, I do think, Ben, that we, for the most part, have covered it here. Um, like I said, just, you know, a, a, another brutal one, but definitely with, uh, I think, some of the most surprising results that we've seen yet, um, I would say was was New Rochelle so far. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Uh, I don't really have anything else to add here. I think it was a, a really interesting tournament and just, you know, I have my eye on several of the teams in New Rochelle uh, when they get to nationals, either to see, you know, folks like Rose Hill who maybe have something to prove and, you know, folks like Brown or or Maryland who, who I think maybe could be in the conversation when we're trying to decide who's going to be at the top. Uh, but if you don't have anything else, Drew, I can go ahead and take us out west to Santa Monica. Go for it. All right. So I'm going to say this as a caveat. Um all six schools start with some form of of UC uh, or or something to that effect. So I'm just going to try to roll through that as clearly as I can. We had six bids here. They were in order. University of Southern California, A, seven wins and a 17 CS. UCLA, B, seven wins, a 13 CS and a 74 OCS. UC Irvine, A, seven wins, a 13 CS and a 72 OCS. UCLA, A, six and a half wins and a 17 CS. U- UC Santa Barbara, A, six wins and a 15 and a half CS. And then UC Berkeley, B, five and a half wins and a 17 and a half C- or 17 CS. That 17 CS was very, very important because it is 0.5 ahead of the first honorable mention, which is Stanford, A, five and a half wins, and a 16 and a half CS. And then just ahead, just behind them is UC Berkeley, A, five and a half wins and a 15 and a half CS. I just said the names of the two A group teams that are not making it, and that's Stanford A and Berkeley A. Um, wow, this orc seems like it sucks. Um, like uh, we say that every year, and like I just, you know, we were on the open bid list, and we went to St. Paul, and if they had offered us a spot here, I might have said no, because um, I might have been like, no, just we're gonna go all the way out to California just to get like beat to death by the UC system. Um, so yeah, just wait. I'm sorry. Just to be clear, you're saying you would rather go to Minnesota in yes. March than yes. California, okay. Yes. okay? Los Angeles, specifically. Yes. okay. I'm just I'm just making sure. Yeah, oh. emphatically. And that's not look. <laughs> obviously, we didn't we didn't get through in Minnesota. It wasn't like Minnesota was that nice to us. But like, like, just I don't want anything to do with any of the teams on that list. They can stay over in Santa Monica where they live, and just come over here occasionally for game tea or something like that. So the biggest results to break down here are the ones that I just said. Stanford's not going to be at nationals. That's a big shock. It's a big disappointment, to be completely honest with you. Stanford is one of the programs that I like the most in the country. We had a really, really great round with them at nationals last year. I have so much respect for their program. Um, and obviously, their program has been through a lot uh, over the last couple of years. So I really wish they were going to be at nationals. Just a heartbreaker to lose out on that CS tiebreak over Berkeley. Um and of course, UC Berkeley winning that CSI break was massive for their program because th- if you flip that, Stanford is represented and Berkeley wouldn't be represented at nationals. But Berkeley A not not getting to nationals is just a pretty stunning result. Um, other than that, I mean, I will say like, you know, not seeing UCLA A at the top of this group is a little bit surprising. And to see USC A at the top um there a team that is very very good but i don't think anyone including them could claim has the like the pedigree of ucla at least over the last you know 15 20 years um just a really really impressive showing for them with a 17 cs uh to get through 
Um, other than this, just a lot of really good California teams. Santa Barbara is a team that that is really, really good. Irvine is so good. All of these teams, you know, are going to come down to Memphis and I will be fascinated to see how some of these teams do because I imagine that the Memphis judging is going to be slightly different from the Santa Monica judging. Um, and there will be a lot of things that we need uh, to think about. And Drew, I see you just made a correction uh, to what I was just talking about related to Stanford. So I'm going to turn it over to you to let you finish correcting me. Yes, sorry. So this is this was not Ben's mistake. It was my mistake when I recorded it. But Stanford B was actually the five and a half win honorable mention, and Stanford A went four and four. Um, so just to be clear here, I mean Stanford. I'm glad you mentioned it, Ben. Obviously, obviously, we wish Stanford was at nationals. They're just so good. UC Berkeley A not making it. Um, I think is is probably more surprising just because. Berkeley just came off of winning Great Chicago Fire. And we talked after Great Chicago Fire about how that's like a good determinant of who we can expect to see in the final round. So I think that the fact that we're not seeing Berkeley A is really, really surprising. Um, Up there in my mind with not seeing Harvard uh, coming back. But just like Harvard, their B team stepped up and said, hey, you can't do it. We can. Um, and and they went ahead and pulled the bid. So someone from Berkeley will be representing them. And I am really, really happy to see that for sure. Um, I, I wanted to note just how top heavy Santa Monica was. And it's not even just the A group. It's the A group and the B group. Because when you look at the B group teams uh, and A group teams that didn't make it, Every single one of them had a record of four and four or above. And what that, what the stories that that tells me is that they are all very, very confidently beating the C and D group teams. And, you know, there were a few splits in there, but for the most part, the A group teams and the B group teams were on top, the C group and the D group teams were on the bottom. And that was a very hard line. Um, I, I honestly haven't checked it closely enough to see what the highest ranked, what the highest record was for a, uh, a C or D group team. But I, I think just glancing at it, that Oregon B had four and a half wins. I don't think I saw anyone at five wins. So I think it might've been a four and a half, but just uh, actually, I apologize. I just saw one in Santa Barbara B um, was five and three. So there you go. Okay. Santa Barbara B, they were five and three. I'll give them that. Um, there was a, a five win C group team, but my point stands that it, this was just a very dominant in the A and B group bracket here. And I come back to what I said when we talked, uh, in the week four regionals about how tough some of those California regionals have been this year. What I believe happens is that You've got all these really good California schools that have multiple program or that have multiple teams that are getting multiple bids that those bids then turn into open bids. And so what you have what you have happening is all the power is condensed in those A and B group teams from USC, UCLA, UC Berkeley, UC Irvine, UC Santa Barbara, Stanford. I could go on. Right. I mean, all of those programs are excellent. They're all represented here. And they almost all of them had both their A and B here. And that's where a bulk of the power is. And then there's really nothing else there except for a bunch of open bids then. And, you know, I just mentioned the last one that there are often some very good open bid teams that often do very well. And, and, you know, my hat goes out to my hat is off to them. But in general, that's going to be weaker teams than teams that are, you know, really regularly bidding. And I just I, I really hope that we do something about this orcs in the future. 
I stand by that it was the hardest orcs. It just looked terrible. I understand, Ben, why you wouldn't want to go there. I probably would just because it's going to be nice and sunny and beautiful and like I'd rather that. Um, but, uh, you know, I it's it's obviously brutal here and it's just a terrible, terrible um you know, pairings, like you're just, there's no path that avoids a really, really hard, both A and B round. And there's no way around that. So I don't know, I I hope there's some solution that we come up with. Uh, You know, I feel bad exporting like all of this power elsewhere, but I just don't know what other solution there is, because there is just too much power for one orcs here, in my opinion. And I think it showed. Um, But Ben, I'll, I'll toss it back to you. Yeah, I think there's a a larger conversation and and I'll toss a plug in here. There's a conversation uh, that we've been having in our in our discord in our mock review discord about orcs geography. And I think it's the type of thing where, right, if if this was a video game and we could just place orcs anywhere we wanted, I think Imta probably would consider moving them around to, you know, a few different locations. Um, But you have to think about budgets you have to think about travel you have to think about just all kinds of you know hosts and stuff like that and so it's tough but i totally agree with you like i was you know joking not joking earlier about not wanting to go to this orcs but it's just so many really really great teams and they're spread out more right it's like there there are just as many good teams in the dmv area and you know especially if you go a little bit further northeast as there are at this orcs but there's like five orcs that those teams can go to and you can send them all out and you've got teams like us and Tufts who have the resources to be able to travel out to other orcs in the Midwest and stuff like that. And out here, you just don't have that as much. And so it's just kind of a, a log jam and a little bit of a mess. Um, but yeah, Drew, you you pretty much covered it. I don't have a whole lot else here. So I think if if you don't have anything else, you can go ahead and take us to St. Paul. Alrighty, well, let's go to St. Paul then, the place that Ben would rather go than L.A. Um, our first bid out was Wisconsin A at 7.5 wins and a 14.5 CS. Then we had Chicago B with 6.5 wins and a 17.5 CS. Then Boston University A, 6.5 wins and a 17 CS. Then Patrick Henry B with 6.5 wins and a 15.5 CS. And then Chicago A with six wins and a 15 and a half CS. And then McAllister A with five and a half wins and an 11 and a half CS. We had no other teams at five and a half wins. We had a lot of teams at five. Um, I, Ben, obviously you were there. Obviously, I'm, I'm going to go to you in a second um, and we'll, we'll hear from you about what you thought of it. The A group team is not making it. Uh, of course, you know, UMBC and Minnesota um, were those two. Um, The first thing that I just want to say, though, before we go to you, Ben, is that I find it fascinating that the log jam here was at six and a half wins, Um, you know, to have three teams with six and a half wins. I don't know. I just I think that's kind of cool and interesting. Um, And, you know, I think that in Santa Monica, we didn't even talk about it, but the log jam was like five and a half wins, it seemed like. Um, I just I kind of find it interesting when we have that many ties just shows you how close a lot of these rounds were. But um, obviously, Ben, you were there. um, You lived it. Uh, Tell us a little bit about St. Paul. Yeah. So I'll say this right off the bat, right? So this is, I think, the fifth year that we've broken down orcs um, in some form or another. And the first four years that we did that, I had the good fortune of breaking down orcs when my team was making it to nationals. This is the first time that I don't have that good fortune. And obviously, I'm disappointed. We fought so hard to get to where we were. Uh, I said this in the Discord afterwards, but that minus one, minus two against Chicago A in round three, I'm wearing that as a badge of honor. 
Um, and we had everything in round four that we needed fall our way. We just needed to get two ballots off of McAllister and we only got a half. Um, and that team was very, very good. They did a lot of really, really, you know, creative and interesting things. And they managed to sneak ahead of us and, and get that sixth bid. And so I, I just want to express, you know, some personal pride on behalf of my team. I think that my team is a Nationals caliber team. We just didn't get those narrow ballot results. You know, we had uh, two ties, a minus one, a minus two, and a minus four. Those were our only blemishes. And like what I was talking about earlier with some of those other teams, if one or two of those flips the other way, you know, this is a different conversation. And that's the nature of how it works goes. As I've joked about with you off the mics, Drew, and I've joked with other people about, there may be no coach in AMTA more than me who knows the power of one point. Um, because one point could have changed a lot about the history of my program in a couple different ways. So disappointed, but still really, really proud of my crew for going out to Minnesota, a place we literally never competed before in the entire history of our program. It's a, a wonderfully run orcs by McAllister. They did a fantastic job. They managed to um, call up the snow machine for the whole weekend. So they had these beautiful trial rooms with huge windows, and we were competing with the snow globe effect, which was really cool. Uh, in terms of results here, um, so this, of course, says Wisconsin A. I believe this is what was technically referred to as Wisconsin B. Um, but regardless, doesn't really matter what Wisconsin team it was. They were unbelievable. The fact that they went seven and a half and those last two ballots they got were sweeping Chicago A um, in round four. That is just like jumps off the page when you think about, OK, we're tracking how our our national champion and national runner up from last year did. Our national champion didn't get a bid. Our national runner up got swept by Wisconsin in round four, and that was their only losses the entire weekend. So very, very impressive from them. Uh, other than that, like the story for the most part of this uh, orcs is you had a couple of East Coast teams come over in Boston and Patrick Henry and take, take bids. And then a team like McAllister, who we played in round four, it ended up because of some of the other results being a, if either team, if we had taken two ballots, we would have had that that last bid. If McAllister um, had, you know, they got one and a half and that was enough for them to get that last bid. And so that's the way it goes. They were a really, really good program. Um, very impressive showing from them. But I would say I am fascinated to see how this Wisconsin team does. Possibly the best coach team in the country. So sharp, so impressive. You know, obviously we didn't get out, but even not getting out, I'm very glad that we didn't have to face them. So a lot of interesting things here from St. Paul, but I have my eyes on Wisconsin. Patrick Henry is always as good as they are. And I'll be very curious to see how McAllister's style translates to Memphis because I think they're a really smart team uh, as well. So, Drew, I, that's about it for me. What else uh, do you see here? Well, obviously, I wasn't there. And I, I think that your perspective is really helpful on that. I'm, I'm glad we got to hear from you about that McAllister round and the Chicago round, really. Um, I'll say this about Wisconsin. Um, I think that it says a lot about a program when their A-team doesn't make it out. And I mean, I say this because Wisconsin last year went from zero to hero as much as you can. Um, they were pretty much unknown. They made it to nationals, did extremely well there, did so well at invites, and then had this what's got to be devastating result at regionals in the first week. Um I mean, everyone's talking about it, but you know that that program is like whole, like it's just got to be a shell shock type thing. And then for their B team to go out to their regional kick butt there. And then I don't, you know, I honestly uh, don't know exactly how they uh, apportion the, the 
the teams for that for for the orcs bid my understanding is that it's majority their b team and then maybe a few a members joined but i mean going seven and a half at orcs is one of the i think it's the best result we've discussed i don't think we've had any eight no's we haven't i just double checked we did not have any eight no's that is the best result of any team that has had any performance this weekend and it was done by a majority b team um from wisconsin that is so cool, so exciting. I couldn't agree with you more, Ben. Wisconsin, our eyes are still on you, and I can't wait to see what you guys do. Um, look, you mentioned Chicago. I I still think that Chicago is probably, especially with Harvard A not making it out, uh, they've got to be at the top of your list for that final round. They're just really, really, really good, and I don't care that they lost those two to Wisconsin. They're still just that good, um, and you saw that firsthand, Ben, and I, I think you can attest to it. Um, just to really quickly address the other teams that you you mentioned, I mean, I agree with you about what you said about uh, Patrick Henry, um, and you know, it sounds like obviously you know a lot more about McAllister than I do, but I'm excited to see another small liberal arts college doing really well. That's very exciting always for me. Um, and I think that yeah, for the most part, like Minnesota not making it is a little bit surprising. Um, I think that they are a team that kind of they had the the pretty good child years where they were really really solid and really successful at nationals. And I think that you know with with her and others graduating, I kind of see it, uh, the, the program kind of needing to rebuild a little bit right now. Um, so a good showing, I mean, they also had five wins, like it's not, you know, four wins and two ties. I mean, it only takes those two ties turning into a win and all of a sudden they're there. Um, but you know, definitely, I, I think that they're, they're a program that, that, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can put back together in a few years. Um, and I'll mention, uh, you know, personal anecdote that one of my co-counsels on my uh, my law school team actually went to Minnesota, and he's fantastic and very, very good. So I know that they have the capability and ability to produce very strong advocates, and I'm, I'm confident that we're going to see them uh, having a lot more success in the future. But I think other than that, we mostly covered it. Oh, but I'll throw it over to you, Ben. What you got? Yeah, I, I think we mostly covered it. I'll toss in one or two other things. I'll say this about Chicago real quick, which is I vehemently agree with everything that you said about them. The one thing I will say, and I don't think this comes as a shock to anyone, right, is they play a very unique style. They they do things differently from most teams that you see out there. And I have no idea how that's going to play in Memphis. There's a world in which it could play extremely well. There's also a world in which it could really not. Um, and I truly don't know. I, I truly just don't know what to expect from them at nationals. I think last year, you know, maybe they they dialed that back just a hair. I'm not I'm not certain. But also, I think that they got the right set of of judges uh, in Lancaster who, who bought into some of the things that they do. No clue what to expect there in Memphis. Um, the only other thing I'll say about St. Paul, and I sort of uh, thought about this earlier, it was a pretty decent concentration of friends of the pod because um, I spent a decent portion of my weekend talking either with Sam Jahangir, Kate Hainer Slattery, or Devin Holstead. Um, and so it's like all of these folks who've been on the podcast, great friends of mine in AMTA. Um, and so obviously, like all of their teams got through, mine didn't, but it was still really great uh, to sort of spend the weekend with all of them out in Minnesota. Uh, anything else here, Drew, before I take us to our final orcs in Washington, D.C.? Nope. I think let's go ahead and do it. All right. So our sixth and final orcs of week one, we had six bids uh, right near me here in Washington, D.C. Our six bids in order were Virginia A, seven and a half wins and a 17 CS. 
Fordham Lincoln Center, a seven wins and a 17 CS. George Washington, a six wins and a 16 and a half CS. Seton Hall, a six wins and a 15 CS. Penn, a five and a half wins and a 10 and a half CS. And Haverford, a five wins and a 20 CS. Those five wins and 20 CS, it's 20 CS. It's very important because I'm about to roll through the five other five win teams in order we had american a five wins and an 18 and a half cs liberty a five wins and an 18 cs howard a five wins and a 16 cs cornell b five wins and 15 and a half cs and i'm not going into ocs on a fourth honorable mention and american b also five wins also five, 15 and a half cs uh here we had four a group teams who did not get through that'd be howard a penn state a american a and william and mary a uh a lot to break down here, Drew. I know you weren't there, but you had a team who was there. That team got through, and that's incredibly exciting. Uh, just a really, really awesome accomplishment for Haverford to be back at Nationals, where you all belong. In terms of things that are shocking about these results, I think, without a doubt, the one that jumps off the page is American. I know when you look at this tab summary, you kind of understand how it happened. In round one, American had a plus 27 and tie against Drexel. Um and, you know, we, we we usually when we're talking on the podcast, we say, well, we weren't in the room and we, we don't really know the results. And that's absolutely true. I think American is probably a better team than Drexel this year, uh, just having seen both teams. And I think that that more likely the plus 27 was the more accurate result than the tie. And when you have two judges who split that drastically, you really got a feel for American, especially when they're round three against Virginia, you know, the team that went seven and a half, they were the only team to take anything off of Virginia, getting a tie and a minus four. So just a really, really tough series of breaks for American, a program that we know and like, even though they sent my A team to Minnesota. Um, <laughs> and just, I really feel for them because that's a tough result. Uh, Lincoln Center, my B team hit them in round one. I'll talk about my B team a little later, but my B team hit them in round one. They're extremely good. I really, really hope we get a Rose Hill v. Lincoln Center round at Nationals. That would be so much fun. I'm going to be rooting for that. I don't know if they're rooting for that, but I'm rooting for that. Um, and then just some impressive showings from either some D.C. area programs or, you know, you think about the Pennsylvania cluster here at the bottom. You got Seton Hall, Penn, and Haverford. Um, so just a very impressive showing there. Drew, of course, Haverford was there. You know, you've got to be so you know thrilled for them. I imagine they must be over the moon. So tell me your thoughts on D.C. All right, well, let me, I, I need to paint the picture for everyone of, of what, what this was because Haverford goes blind, but they have me basically through all the different people that I, you know, know and can ask favors of like, try to send me a few ballot results. So I had some people at Stevenson sending me some, I had Mike from American sending me some, like I, you know, I've come get them from wherever I could just so that someone could be adding them up. Um, but so, you know, they, they swept their first round and elated for them. Next round, uh, they have UVA, which I was like, oh, of course, um, it's a close round. They lose both. Um, Liberty round three, like I, I kind of knew going into it because let's be honest with ourselves. I think that the DCD group here was pretty weak and there weren't, I, I know I just wasn't terribly worried about the D group. And I thought if we can get two in this C group round, we're probably fine. Liberty's a very, very solid team, and it was a very close round, a plus three, minus two. You know, okay, shoot, we're at three and three. And so being me, um, with having no one else that I can talk to about it, because they're all blind, and, you know, uh, 
who else cares? Um, I, I started going through the permutations and I started gaming out. Okay, well, what, what needs to happen? How do we make it? And I'm like, okay, like maybe like American will split with Penn State B. And then maybe Howard will like randomly get split by Penn. And then maybe Cornell B and Liberty A will both split. And like, I'm not joking when I say that, like I gamed it out and I was like, well, there's a shot if like, five things all happen exactly this way. And then literally all of those things happened. And I can't tell you, I was FaceTiming in with the team. Um, and when they start reading out the results and they said, uh, and when they, it, what happened was when they read the fifth team pen at five and a half, it made me realize two things. First, that Penn had swept Howard, or sorry, that Penn had swept Penn, B, Penn State B and given us a little uh, CS boost. And that only one five and a half win team at five means we're going to five wins, means that five wins is enough to make it out. And I knew our CS is probably going to get there. So I started losing my mind in my room. And like all the rest of the Habford kids are just like, what, what is wrong with him? Like, what is going on? Um, Cause they don't even know any of their results, but like, I already realized like, holy shit, they're going to make it. Um, and yeah, I, I remember when I originally got my first nationals bid in 2018 and there is nothing like it in the world. I know they're all over the moon and thrilled. And it was, I, I, they've been working so freaking hard. I'm just so happy for them. And I'm so excited for them. Um, they, look, always have, will always have a place in my heart. I, I try to help them out as much as I can. But really, this is on them. I mean, I did very, very little. They have been working so hard and they truly, truly deserve this. Um, their captains, both Cece and Rachel, are people that I consider close friends. I talk to them way more than they probably would like me to, but they are both wonderful, wonderful people. Their award winners, Johnny and Rebecca, are both outstanding competitors, and the whole rest of that team um, will be award winners soon because they are just that good. Um, so I'm elated for them. I'm going to stop ranting about them, but I just could not be happier and could not be more proud of them. Um, I wish I could have watched uh, live the UVA round. I'm sure it was a great one, um, but I think that that's someone that they're going to definitely have their eye on moving forward. To talk about the rest of this Oryx, because there are other teams there, look, I, American A deserve to be there. Let's just be honest. They're so good. They should have been in it. Um, I, I hate that they didn't make it. I think that they should have. Um, I think that Howard A, like... I didn't get to see them at all this year, but every year they always just seem so good. Um, I, I'm sure that they would have been, a, I'm sure that they would have done very well at nationals had they made it. And I, I'm sad to not see them there, but I'm definitely thrilled for Haverford. I'm very excited for Seton Hall. I think that I remember when we talked about regionals, we spoke about the fact that Seton Hall, it kind of always does kind of middle of the pack at Orcs and very consistently does that, but maybe they can finally emerge and they did. So I'm really excited for them. I believe this is their first time going to nationals, at least in any, you know, history that I can recall. Um, so really thrilled for them. You kind of talked about UVA and, and Lincoln Center A, GWA also had a very strong showing. Their only two losses were also to UVA and they were 6-0 and going into that last round. Um, the last team we'll talk about is Penn A. Um, so 
any team that makes it to nationals, I think it just doesn't matter how, you know, you did the thing, you deserve it, like good for you. I just do want to like highlight though what their their path was. And that is that they got swept by Haverford in the first round. Their round two and three were by two teams that had a collective win-loss record of two and 14. So two teams that, I mean, I'll tell you the two teams that going into round four were both 0 and 6. Um, and then their round four opponent was against Penn State A. And Penn State A is phenomenal. And I'm also shocked that Penn State A didn't make it out. Um, UPenn managed to beat their state counterpart by a a win by one and a tie and that was enough for them to make it and you know my hat is off on that round is very impressive but it's just definitely noteworthy that that path is really coming down to that one round and and the rest of the path is is almost just a wash at a certain point um and I just I, I find that to be kind of an interesting result I mean when you look at just the cs's they had a 10 and a half cs all those five teams that you listed, Ben, each of them had a CS of at least five or more um, greater than them. So, again, you can only beat who you play, so good for them. But just I think it's worth noting, like, you know, definitely like a a nicer schedule for them than, you know, American um, or, or some of these other teams. But um, look, I, I think that we kind of talked a lot about some of those five win teams. The the last thing I just kind of want to mention that was kind of funny watching some of the results come in is that there was kind of this clash between Cornell and Liberty. And what I mean about that is that both Cornell and Liberty had two teams from their programs at this Orcs. And both of those two teams faced both of the other's two teams. Um, Cornell B hit Liberty A and B and Cornell A hit Liberty A and B and you know, so on. Um, and it, it was kind of just funny that the results happened to be where Cornell B uh, took one off of both of them and Cornell A got swept by both of them. So it's kind of like an interesting, like the B team faced the same teams as the A team, but the B team, you know, edged them out. Like, I kind of wonder whether there's like big stylistic differences between the A team and B team from Cornell, um, but shows that Liberty kind of very consistent through their A and B team and Cornell a much bigger gap between them. Um, so just kind of interesting results. And I just kind of think that that, that uh, pairing process of just seeing the same program kind of really butting heads repeatedly throughout the tournament is kind of a, a funny thing to see. Uh, the last thing I just want to highlight though, is, um, you know, I, I feel like we didn't talk a lot about William and Mary yet. I've heard really good things about them. I, I haven't seen them, but I, I've heard they're very, very good. So I'm definitely sad to see them not making it. Um, you know, they had two losses by just one point. Um, it, you know, it was a, they had a plus nine minus one in round two and a plus six minus one in round four. I, I mean, it's just tough. Like those, those splits where you lose by one point, I mean, just gotta be ripping your hair out. And that's the difference. I mean, that's what this comes down to is that you gotta just, edge out each one of those ballots and, and one loss by one point, that's enough to do you in. Um, so definitely a heartbreaker for a lot. I think that it is fair to say that this is by far the most surprising results of any of the orcs so far. And I am very proud of Haverford to be a, a major cause of that. Um, but a lot of fun for us and I, I'm sure a lot of despair for others. So I try not to revel in that too much, but I, I really am proud of our guys um, and I'm excited to see what they can do. 
Yeah, I, I mean, look, all of that makes sense. There's When you make nationals, you should be excited about making nationals. You never should be embarrassed to be excited about making nationals. We've had the fortune of being there for several years, and so I definitely get that. A uh, couple other quick notes to wrap this one up. Uh, you highlighted um, William & Mary. I'll also highlight Penn State. I think both William & Mary and Penn State, as well as Howard, in terms of the other A-group teams besides American who didn't get through, are all really, really excellent and just had to play each other at some point. Which brings me to my sort of my second to last point, which is there was this narrative going in that somehow maybe some people thought that the DC orcs like wasn't as strong as some of the other orcs. And like that just is like obviously bullshit. And like this notion that somehow because maybe the TPR is like like it's just crazy. And if you think like if you ever look at a DC orcs and think this isn't that tough of an orcs. You're just not paying attention to the reality of how mock trial works. So I think this just obviously when you see what happened to the A group here proved what what can happen at an orcs like DC. Um, and then the very last thing that I'll mention, because I really do want to give them an opportunity to shout them out. My B team was here. They went four and four. Um, two of my freshman attorneys won awards. Um, one of our senior witnesses, uh, August, won, won a witness award. I'm very, very proud of all of them. Uh, our B team is extremely young. All six attorneys on that team are freshmen. Uh, all nine, well, eight of nine members were competing in college mock trial for the first time this year. They're being coached by Thomas, Natalie, and Lauren, a few names that you know folks on this podcast may be familiar with. And I'm just really, really proud of them. Cannot wait to see what they do in future years because we haven't had two teams at Orcs in a couple years. And now, obviously, our A team's ranking still going to be pretty damn good, but but isn't going to be as quite as high. But our B team's ranking is going to shoot back up. And I'm just super excited for them because they deserve it. Uh, that is pretty much all I have for, for this orcs drew anything else about any of the ones we've discussed before we wrap this up. Um, I think that the last thing I'll say on this, um, I I think it's just, I talked about it at the beginning, but I want to highlight for people, like, as we've discussed here, there are programs like Harvard, American, Berkeley, Stanford, uh, Miami, amazing amazing pro umbc amazing programs that did not make it to nationals and if your program didn't make it to nationals i know how frustrating and how upsetting that is but i just hope people can take a step back and understand how difficult it is and it is just something that you should be working towards and working towards and you should always be excited about doing i think it's sometimes easy um, for a program that doesn't always make it to get really excited about that because it's so unusual for them. Um, but I think that teams that make it all the time should also be able to recognize what an accomplishment that is and how exciting that is. So whether you made it or not, be proud that you made it to orcs, be proud that you did as well as you did. And if you didn't make it, like I know how upsetting that is. I've been there, but I just hope people aren't discouraged by this. And I hope people that did make it don't take it for granted. Um, I just, I think that sometimes we get so caught up in, oh, we expect such and such program or such and such person, like they're so good, they must be making it. And as we saw, that should just never be an expectation, never should be a given. There are too many good teams out there. And every year we add more really good, really good uh, programs and teams and it's getting harder and harder to make it regularly to nationals. So congrats to everyone who did. And to those who didn't, I wish you the best of luck next year. And I know that you're going to, to, to do great things in the future. Yeah. I think that's a really good message to wrap up on. Cause it's something that I've been really telling my team over the last couple of days. Obviously my team was 
incredibly disappointed. And, you know, people like to say nasty things on different forums about a team that two years ago won the national championship and isn't going to nationals this year. And I really had to preach to them that number one, people can say shit. And like, that's just people being insecure and annoying, but like getting to orcs and like having a chance to get to nationals is still something to be really, really proud of. And the numbers that judges write on pages doesn't just like, doesn't discern your value as a human being or as a program. And it's always really important to remember that and to keep that in mind. Um, and again, like you said, it's not to take anything away from the teams that got through They're They're amazing. Nationals is going to be so competitive and so wide open this year. But, you know, those numbers, those scores, those results, they, they don't define who you are as a person. They don't define who you will be, you know, when you graduate. So I think that's a really good sentiment to wrap up on. Obviously, we've talked through six of the eight orcs. We've got two more to go. We'll record another episode to, to talk about those last two orcs results. And then pretty soon, we'll be talking about that Nationals case, and we'll be doing a Nationals preview, and we'll crown our next national champion. It's going to be a very exciting conclusion to our season. We've got a lot of really exciting things coming up and some really interesting episodes that will be in your feed very soon. Drew, before I wind us down, any other thoughts, anything about what we've talked about today before we finish up this episode? Uh, the only other thing I'll say, this is not related to anything else, but the Tyla case changes just came out. So I'm focusing in on that. And uh, next time we talk is going to be that much closer to me ripping my hair out at my own nationals. So uh, here we go again, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I think AMTA's official slogan is AMTA, here we go again. Um, you know, <laughs> AMTA, oh God, here, you know, this again. Um, so I definitely understand that. Well, we appreciate everyone for listening. As we wrap up, I do want to take a moment to thank our gold patrons. Um, we've been noticing a major spike in people joining our Patreon and our Discord lately. We are so excited. We've got like 50 different programs uh, in there now. Super interesting insight from all over the country. We've got some great conversations about case balance and results and all that stuff. So please hop in and join us if you haven't already. Uh, the gold patrons who've chosen to be acknowledged include Don Martin, Ben Rathsom, Felix Bhattacharya, Henry Lehman, Kate Hainer-Slattery, Andrew Hinckley, Ian Lampert, the family of Daniel Sosa and Darius Baruch, and Mike Romano. A lot of smart coaching power, competitor power in that list, as well as everyone else. So I hope if you haven't joined us already, that you will. Thanks as always for listening. Until we are in your feed again, this has been The Mock Review with Ben and Drew.